Section two of Selected Interviews with Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Interviewer's question read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ingersoll's response read by Ted DeLorme. Interview title How to Become an Orator. Printed in the New York Sun, April 1898. Question. What advice would you give a young man who was ambitious to become a successful public speaker or orator? In the first place, I would advise him to have something to say, something worth saying, something that people would be glad to hear. This is the important thing. Back of the art of speaking must be the power to think. Without thoughts, words are empty purses most people imagine that almost any words uttered in a loud voice and accompanied by appropriate gestures constitute an oration i would advise the young man to study his subject to find what others had thought to look at it from all sides then i would tell him to write out his thoughts or to arrange them in his mind so that he would know exactly what he was going to say waste no time on the how until you are satisfied with the what after you know what you are to say then you can think of how it should be said then you can think about tone emphasis and gesture but if you really understand what you say emphasis tone and gesture will take care of themselves all these should come from the inside they should be in perfect harmony with the feelings. Voice and gesture should be governed by the emotions. They should unconsciously be in perfect agreement with the sentiments. The orator should be true to his subject, should avoid any reference to himself. The great column of his argument should be unbroken. He can adorn it with vines and flowers, but they should not be in such profusion as to hide the column. He should give variety of episode by illustrations, but they should be used only for the purpose of adding strength to the argument. The man who wishes to become an orator should study language. He should know the deeper meaning of words. He should understand the vigor and velocity of verbs and the color of adjectives. He should know how to sketch a scene, to paint a picture, to give life and action. He should be a poet and a dramatist, a painter and an actor. He should cultivate his imagination. He should become familiar with the great poetry and fiction, with splendid and heroic deeds. He should be a student of Shakespeare. He should read and devour the great plays. From Shakespeare he could learn the art of expression, of compassion, and all the secrets of the head and heart. The great orator is full of variety, of surprises. Like a juggler he keeps the colored balls in the air. He expresses himself in pictures. His speech is a panorama by continued change he holds the attention the interest does not flag he does not allow himself to be anticipated a picture is shown but once so an orator should avoid the commonplace there should be no stuffing no filling he should put no cotton with his silk no common metals with his gold 
he should remember that gilded dust is not as good as dusted gold the great orator is honest sincere he does not pretend his brain and heart go together every drop of his blood is convinced nothing is forced he knows exactly what he wishes to do knows when he has finished it and stops only a great orator knows when and how to close most speakers go on after they are through they are satisfied only with a lame and impotent conclusion most speakers lack variety they travel a straight and dusty road the great orator is full of episode he convinces and charms by indirection he leaves the road visits the fields wanders in the woods listens to the murmurs of springs the songs of birds he gathers flowers scales the crags and comes back to the highway refreshed invigorated he does not move in a straight line he wanders and winds like a stream of course no one can tell a man what to do to become an orator the great orator has that wonderful thing called presence he has that strange something known as magnetism he must have a flexible musical voice capable of expressing the pathetic the humorous the heroic his body must move in unison with his thought he must be a reasoner a logician he must have a keen sense of humor of the laughable he must have wit sharp and quick he must have sympathy his smiles should be the neighbors of his tears he must have imagination he should give eagles to the air and painted moths should flutter in the sunlight while i cannot tell a man what to do to become an orator i can tell him a few things not to do there should be no introduction to an oration the orator should commence with his subject there should be no prelude no flourish no apology no explanation he should say nothing about himself like a sculptor he stands by his block of stone every stroke is for a purpose as he works the form begins to appear when the statue is finished the workman stops nothing is more difficult than a perfect close few poems few pieces of music few novels end well a good story a great speech a perfect poem should end just at the proper point the bud the blossom the fruit no delay a great speech is a crystallization in its logic an efflorescence in its poetry i have not heard many speeches most of the great speakers in our country were before my time i heard beecher and he was an orator he had imagination humor and intensity his brain was as fertile as the valleys of the tropics he was too broad too philosophic too poetic for the pulpit now and then he broke the fetters of his creed escaped from his orthodox prison and became sublime theodore parker was an orator he preached great sermons 
his sermons on old age and webster and his address on liberty were filled with great thoughts marvellously expressed when he dealt with human events with realities with things he knew he was superb when he spoke of freedom of duty of living to the ideal of mental integrity he seemed inspired webster i never heard he had great qualities force dignity clearness grandeur but after all he worshipped the past he kept his back to the sunrise there was no dawn in his brain he was not creative he had no spirit of prophecy he lighted no torch he was not true to his ideal he talked sometimes as though his head was among the stars but he stood in the gutter in the name of religion he tried to break the will of stephen gerard to destroy the greatest charity in all the world and in the name of the same religion he defended the fugitive slave law his purpose was the same in both cases he wanted office yet he uttered a few very great paragraphs rich with thought perfectly expressed clay i never heard but he must have had a commanding presence a chivalric bearing an heroic voice he cared little for the past he was a natural leader a wonderful talker forcible persuasive convincing he was not a poet not a master of metaphor but he was practical he kept in view the end to be accomplished he was the opposite of webster clay was the morning webster the evening clay had large views a wide horizon he was ample vigorous and a little tyrannical benton was thoroughly commonplace he never uttered an inspired word he was an intense egoist no subject was great enough to make him forget himself <laughs> calhoun was a political calvinist narrow logical dogmatic he was not an orator he delivered essays not orations i think it was in eighteen fifty one that kossuth visited this country he was an orator there was no man at that time under our flag who could speak english as well as he in the first speech i read of kossuth's was the line russia is the rock against which the sigh for freedom breaks in this you see the poet the painter the orator s s prentiss was an orator but with the recklessness of a gamester he threw his life away he said profound and beautiful things but he lacked application he was uneven disproportioned saying ordinary things on great occasions and now and then without the slightest provocation uttering the sublimest and most beautiful thoughts in my judgment corwin was the greatest orator of them all he had more arrows in his quiver he had genius he was full of humor pathos wit and logic he was an actor his body talked his meaning was in his eyes and lips governor o p morton of indiana had the greatest power of statement of any man i have ever heard all the argument was in his statement the facts were perfectly grouped the conclusion was a necessity 
the best political speech i ever heard was made by governor richard j oglesby of illinois it had every element of greatness reason humor wit pathos imagination and perfect naturalness that was in the grand years long ago lincoln had reason wonderful humor and wit but his presence was not good his voice was poor his gestures awkward but his thoughts were profound his speech at gettysburg is one of the masterpieces of the world the word here is used four or five times too often leave the hears out and the speech is perfect of course i have heard a great many talkers but orators are few and far between they are produced by victorious nations born in the midst of great events of marvellous achievements they utter the thoughts the aspirations of their age they clothe the children of the people in the gorgeous robes of giants they interpret the dreams with the poets they prophesy they fill the future with heroic forms with lofty deeds they keep their faces toward the dawn toward the ever-coming day end of how to become an orator 